What is up to the Lighthouse? Our motto at Lighthouse Christian School is love God, love others, love ourselves. We practice this in many ways. Through studying the Bible, practicing respect to teachers, and being kind to one another. Yeah, we also call them scholars instead of students. And then uh, when you take a tour, you'll see that above the door of their classroom, we also put the high school graduation date. The other thing that we speak about all the time is college. Each classroom is a different college, and so we just start calling them already by, you know, you guys are the Badgers and you guys are the Eagles. And so they already start, you know, having that hope for the future, and, and that's what I can become someday, and that's what I am able to do. It's very difficult to get an eight-year-old, nine-year-old to learn math in the morning when maybe the family is getting evicted of their apartment, or maybe the boyfriend of the mother was arrested at midnight the night before. You know, they, these children cannot just come to school and you can tell them, okay, sit down. And I mean, there's trauma in their lives. So one of the things that we do, um, since I'm the pastor and I'm very involved in the school too, is we help the families. You know, so sometimes if we see changes in the behaviors of children or their situation, maybe they're acting a little disrespectful. We, we, want, we talk with the parents, you know, what is going on? Is there something that we can do? The first thing that sets us apart is our love. Um, right away when I started working with the students, um, I realized, um, because the first group of students wasn't just kindergartners, there was, it was kindergarten through eighth grade students that came in, and I just sensed how, um, how defeated they were, how broken they were, how, how much poverty had affected their attitude, their, their self-esteem, their um, vision for the future for themselves. It was just completely broken. And so right from day one, I started showing them how valuable they are, how much hope is in them, how capable they are, that with the right support, they are going to get to grade level. But also, I mean, if we're frank, um, the public school in Madison is failing minority families. And that's what families came to us, you know, when they came to us. Um, I'm, I'm the pastor of Lighthouse and our church is um, mostly Hispanic families. And many families came to us and they said, our kids are not learning English or Spanish. Um, they don't know how to read. They're third graders, fourth graders. They don't know how to read. They're behind. What is going on? So we really started this not just because we wanted a private school or a Christian school. We wanted really to help these families. This is the story of how a couple pastors felt a higher calling to serve the Madison community, and with a whole lot of faith and prayer, started a school from literally nothing. They've not only created a school, but also the ultimate support system, giving children and families who may not have ever had a chance a shot at a better future. This is the Right Idea Podcast. Hi, Kevin Nicholson here. Thanks for joining us again on No Better Friends' Right Idea Podcast. After stopping by Crystal Ray in our last episode, we're now going to be visiting another school that exemplifies the incredible impact of school choice in Wisconsin, Lighthouse. Enjoy the tour. And remember, children don't have time for politicians to fix broken schools. That's why parents should have the opportunity to choose which education option best meets the needs of their child and their family. And I'm your tour guide, Amelia. Today, we're touring Lighthouse Christian School. Not only are the students at Lighthouse surpassing their public school counterparts in test scores, but they're also teaching elementary school students three languages, 
English, Spanish, and Mandarin Chinese. How can one school be so successful? According to pastor and principal of Lighthouse Christian Schools, Tia Sierra, and her husband Marcio, also pastor at Lighthouse Christian School, it took a whole lot of prayer. And the finances we were, weren't we were there. picking up bookshelves yeah. off of the curbs. Literally. Yeah, I mean, that's what we did. And if you had a table that you were getting rid of, we will go and pick it up. So there wasn't like one chair that matched, you know, in, in, in our school. Yeah, it was just like a less than a month time to actually get ready. People were telling us, you need a year to prepare more than that. And, you know, we had some empty rooms in the church. We cleared them out. We put some tables, whatever we found, you know, and nothing matched. And Tia quit her job. <laughs> her salary was cut, you know, way down. Because the church was supporting, you know, this, this, this whole thing. And, um, but, you know, thank God we started with, what, was it 21 or 24? 25 kids. 25 kids, all Hispanic. And that's how we started. And mm-hmm. the following year, I, I think another church, an African-American church here, uh, heard about us. They sent the family. Mm-hmm. And after that, it kind of just started to explode. We always had a waiting list. But um, the choice program in the rest of Wisconsin didn't start until 2013. So from 2004 to 2012, I mean, we, we were barely making it. My wife, uh, Tia, she was the principal, the teacher, the assistant, the secretary. I was there, you know, doing gene, t- teaching some classes. I mean, it's like whatever we could do to support it, but we couldn't really afford a lot of things. Well, obviously, um, the achievement gap in Madison um, the disparity that the minority communities are feeling here um, is the number one reason. Um, when we started the school, the parents, we started the school because the parents approached us and understood that their students were not achieving at the same level as the other students. And that's why they asked us to start a school. And so in the beginning, we had to fund it 100%, and it was really challenging and we weren't able to open up more seats because I had to be the teacher and the secretary and the principal and make a way for it to work financially. And so school choice has just allowed us to expand to meet the demand. So in Madison, there's a huge demand for, uh, being, for parents being able to choose where their students go because they, they know their students aren't achieving as well as they could. And um, we have more demand than what we can meet right now. Hence, purchasing the space next door so we can continue to expand. We started in 2004, and that particular year, there were about five or six families that were getting ready to enter into the public school system. So they had kindergartners. And um, they, they were some of the church leaders, and they had done their research in Madison, and Madison had started the DLI program, the dual language immersion. And the families that had already started their kids in the public system were reporting, you know, our kids are not getting college ready, they're not learning to read, they have poor English skills, but also poor Spanish skills. Can we create a school that will support our goals for our kids? We want our kids to be ready for college. We want our kids to hold on to their culture and language. We want our kids to learn the values and morals that we support as families. And that was in early August, and within two weeks, I was quitting my job and starting a school on September 1st, um, just because they, they were so passionate that this is what needed to happen. 
they actually, this group of families actually said, if, if we don't start a school, we're going to start a homeschool cooperative and just help each other teach our kids. And so we prayed about it, we talked about it, and we thought, you know, as a church, it's really our duty to, to help these families, to, to come up with a way to support them. But, you know, but the kids were, were succeeding. The kids were learning how to read. The kids were getting ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, more kids were coming to the point where, like, in the middle of our sanctuary, we, start, we, we started building classrooms. But we just didn't have the finances, I mean, mm-hmm. to, to really support it. Um, and we were so busy, we couldn't even do any fundraising. No one even knew we existed other than just mm-hmm. the families that were coming. And we just started praying. We, we need a miracle as far as the finances. Yeah. Right from the beginning, our, the, our, my senior pastor at the time, he said, isn't there a way to fund this? Can't somehow, you know, why can't we get funding like the public schools? And I said, well, there is a voucher program in Milwaukee. Let's just, let's pray that it comes to the entire state of Wisconsin. That would be, that would be the way to do it. And so right from the beginning, we, we started praying and believing that that system would eventually expand and and it did so we jumped right in 2013 we were number school number 25 on the list and after that it kind of just started to explode their prayers were answered and so were those of parents in the madison community who were looking for an alternative to the public schools that were failing their children lighthouse provided a beacon of hope to children who needed a better option just over 50% of our kids are Latino, and then, um, what is it? 28, 20, I think, percent. 28% African American, and the rest is white or Asian. Um, so our kids, if, if they start in our program um, from K-4, they, they most likely, unless they have a disability, they will achieve at grade level all the way up through eighth grade. But also about 80% of our kids are um, students that receive um, the voucher. Uh, and since the majority of our kids are also free or reduced lunch, they qualify for free or reduced, reduced lunch, we are now um, a community school, which means that 100% of our students now are free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. So, so these are the families that, that we are serving, you know, mostly Hispanic and African-American families. Um, uh, low income, I call them low income, hard working families. Um, lots of you know single fa- uh, parent homes, mm-hmm. um, but these are wonderful fam- families. You know that maybe the system hasn't really um, helped them in many areas, but you know we're excited how these families are succeeding and and getting ahead. The children are getting ahead. When students come in after K four or kindergarten, they're typically about a year behind, and so those kids we. Um, we develop individual learning plans for them to catch them up. Our goal is that they catch up between within a year or a year and a half up to grade level. And, um, and that means some of the kids that come in are not necessarily working on the same curriculum as other kids. They, if they test at second grade math, that's what they're doing is second grade math. So we don't let kids just go into a grade you know, unsupported. Um, and once we push them, and use those concepts of mastery learning, um, they really start to achieve. And when, you know, probably by fourth or fifth grade, that's when we really start seeing them not only get to uh, proficient, but then pushing them beyond that to, okay, now you can become advanced. And 
here's your strength and look at that you're really good at math so we're gonna really push you in that area or you're really good at music so we're gonna tap into that talent and really you know you're gonna be the the guy playing the drums for chapel next week and and so we really just we promote their like I said before we promote their strengths and and then we start seeing them achieving and then once they achieve at grade level they want more and more and more so then they themselves they feel that um, joy of success and they push themselves after that yeah yeah we also call them scholars instead of students and then uh, when you take a tour you'll see that above the door of their classroom we also put the high school graduation date uh, which makes you feel very old <laughs> when you see their high school graduation dates. but we put the high school graduation date so that they know that they can make it you know and and like like tia says we have either colleges or technical colleges and yeah i believe not everyone has to go to university or a college um, there's a lot of other things that people can do but what we want is so that when our children get out of high school and they graduate from high school that regardless of what they want to do they're ready you know if they want to go to college they're ready if they want to go to a technical college, they're ready. If they get a job and they do something else, it's fine. But at least they're ready and their options are not limited because of where they are academically. The other thing that we speak about all the time is college. Each classroom is a different college. And so we just start calling them already by, you know, you guys are the Badgers and you guys are the Eagles. And so they already start, you know, having that hope for the future. And, and that's what I can become someday. And that's what I am able to do. And my studies you know are improving and there's I, I don't have any there's nothing really in my way to achieve someday so we try to just show them that there really isn't anything that's going to hold them back <laughs> as as we've you know kind of trial and error throughout the years how many kids work best in a class um, we we have decided that Jesus could only handle 12, and so really we're even pushing it with 15 or 16, but also research shows that, you know, optimal classroom size is between 15 and 18, so we don't ever want to go above and beyond that because our students need that, that individual one-on-one -on -one time every day. Our goal is that teachers and students develop a strong relationship, and it's just not possible with more kids. So we were committed to that smaller size. It doesn't matter where you come from. At Lighthouse, students will always have a place to call home. <laughs> the first thing that sets us apart is our love. Um, right away when I started working with the students, um, I realized, um, because the first group of students wasn't just kindergartners, there was, it was kindergarten through eighth grade students that came in and I just sensed how um, how defeated they were, how broken they were, how how much poverty had affected their attitude, their their self-esteem, their um, vision for the future for themselves. It was just completely broken. And so right from day one I started showing them how valuable they are, how much hope is in them, how capable they are that with the right support, they are gonna get to grade level. They are gonna learn how to do that math problem and we're gonna keep working on it until you get it. And so right also from the beginning, our, our, we made our program a mastery program. Students are not allowed to move on unless they've mastered a concept at 80% or better. Um, 
and we were really strict about that and and sometimes kids get frustrated and why can't I just keep moving but we say no you're gonna get this because we need you to uh, to be up to grade level and so we really we push them out of love we everything it comes from a place of love God loves you we love you we're gonna help you through these hard things we're gonna say the hard things that need to be said to you that your attitude needs to change your behavior is not going to get you anywhere. And so we've created an entire matrix for behavior that has everything to do with from how they walk down the halls to how they greet each other to how they help each other. Um, and we have, we have something that we call our essentials, our LCS essentials. Our school motto is love God, love others, and love yourself. And... Um, we found that the piece that was often missing is yes they hear you know god loves you they hear you need to love each other they don't often hear you need to love yourself but what was missing is really how do you practically put that into practice every day so we created our lcs essentials and that's every week we we focus on one skill that has to do with loving god or loving others or loving yourself and each week we practice that over and over and over. As the saying goes, when a flower isn't blooming, you fix the environment, not the flower. Lighthouse Christian School has created the ultimate safe haven for students with peers and staff that can relate to students' struggle, try new approaches, and watch them grow instead of simply letting them fall behind in their studies. These children have very understanding gardeners. Well, when I hire them, I let them know this is a mission. Like, this is not, don't think you're going to just, this is not a teaching job. This is really a ministry, and you're here to change lives. You're not here just to teach math. And that's, that's sometimes a hard pill for them to swallow if that's what they're trained to do is be a teacher. Because once they get their class and start to see, you know, wow, these kids, some of them are really broken. Some of them are really behind. That's when they realize wow, this really, I really do have to minister to the whole child. I have to take care of their heart along with their, their, their mind. <laughs> and so we do a lot of training in the beginning of the year on that, you know, how to help students um, develop socially, emotionally, spiritually. Um, but the other thing that we're doing, um, which is not being done in Madison, is that we, we do teacher coaching we train the teachers, we give them the strategies, but then we're also right in the classroom taking data, watching them with these strategies, giving them ideas on how to strengthen themselves as teachers. My assistant principal, she acts as a live coach, so she actually goes in to the classrooms every week and she coaches the teachers right in front of them, like on a whiteboard. She's telling them, tell them to do this, now do that. Um, a couple of our teachers um, are also doing virtual coaching with um, the Center for Urban Teaching out of Milwaukee. Um, so we, we want to become that school that we're not only helping the students get better, but the teachers need to get better too, along with the students. So we don't just leave the teachers alone and let them do their thing. We, we try to help them be the best too through our support. So that's one thing we're doing. Our desire is to just have people that understands these families, that can relate to the families. And even when we hire teachers, we tell them, hey, you know, there's going to be some kids that are going to be difficult. This is a ministry. We're going to love them. No exceptions, no excuses. 
um, you know, and sometimes we have to walk the extra mile, you know, sometimes we have to stay a little longer, sometimes we have to call parents on the weekends and see, hey, how's, how's things going? And, and, but we do all of that to be able to, to help the community. This is not just a business that we started or a, this, we really want to help families and Madison become a better Madison for everyone. Some of our families, in each classroom, there is that group of students who come from traumatic backgrounds, um, parents being incarcerated or, um, you know, a variety of, of different traumatic events. And the classroom really becomes uh, a healing community. You know, their, their relationship with their teacher and with their peers turns into um, their support, you know, and, and it kind of helps them through that and helps them out of that. When they identify struggles for their students, Lighthouse digs a little deeper to help find resolution. And sometimes that means ministering to the whole family because they're more than just a school. They're a community. You know, it's very difficult to get a eight-year-old, nine-year-old to learn math in the morning when maybe the family is getting evicted of their apartment or maybe the boyfriend of the mother was arrested at midnight the night before. You know, they, these children cannot just come to school and you can tell them, okay, sit down. And I mean, there's trauma in their lives. So one of the things that we do um, since I'm the pastor and I'm very involved in the school too is we help the families. You know, so sometimes if we see changes in the behaviors of children or their situation, maybe they're acting a little disrespectful. We, we, we talk with the parents, you know, what, what is going on? Is there something that we can do? Um, just to give you an example, um, just over the holidays, there was actually a family from the school who... Uh, the children were coming here during after school, during the break, because uh, a lot of these parents work is a single mom. And she contacted us and, and she's like, I'm, I'm homeless. I'm, I'm being evicted. So uh, we, I mean, uh, with the school, we put, put her in a hotel. We figure out, you know, what to do, how to get help. We contact other organizations. So we're not just only focusing on the child. We're focusing on the family because what we want is the family to grow. As families get better, you know, children will do better in school. So for us, it's, it's more than just a job, it's more than just a school, it's a ministry. Our programming has always been driven by the families, by what they want. Like this is not us as an organization deciding for them what it's going to be like. It's the parents saying this is what we want for our kids and that's always how we have made decisions is, is this what the parents are asking for. And actually um, five years after we started this school we had um, we had a lot of Chinese students and so then the parents said can we add Chinese and so now we teach three languages English Spanish and Chinese so just all along the way we've tried to listen and support the families because they're their kids and we're just here to help we have family night every month we have family night where, every where month. we invite the families the, the children um, mm -hmm. to different events like in Christmas for example also we were able to provide Christmas gifts for all the families in need mm -hmm. they could come here uh, we do potlucks I mean we just do so many things to involve the families and you know something that is very neat is that you'll see parents come and pick up the kids at 3:30 or at 4 it's like 45 minutes later and the parents still here talking to a teacher talking yeah. to a pastor to myself yeah. talking to another you know so this this really has become like a community and we welcome that you know we we're also doing we have a christmas program a spring program uh, in the summer we have different programs so we're always doing things to involve um, the families uh, we, we tell them to be volunteers you know so so a lot of different things like that where the parents are involved 
I mean, the parents, um, the the parent committee um, kind of also develops and, and contributes to the events and programs we have that are co-curricular, so not necessarily curriculum and what we do every day, but what kind of events can bring all the parents together? What kind of things do parents need to help them in their lives? So like this month, we're gonna have um, a training on finances and budgets, because um, that's one of the needs the parents have identified. And um, last month we had a Zumba a Christmas Zumba, you know, dance event, just, you know, for fun, and then parents can bring their kids for childcare. So um, we're really trying to build a community that is like a family. So the parents have friends here. They know that they can come for support. Um, we open up our church counseling services to families for free, so they know that they can meet with our counselor at any time. Um, message that I wish parents could understand, um, and especially the minority parents, is that they are in charge of their child's education. I think that for too long, parents have, feel, have felt they're not empowered to make decisions about their child's education. And when I start my parent leadership with new parents, they're always astounded that they actually have the right. They didn't know they had the right to go into their schools and, you know, discuss issues and bring up concerns and, and tell teachers, I don't want my child learning this. They didn't know they had that right. And <laughs> so when we uncover that, it's like, well, yes, you, you are in charge of your child, even if your child is in public school. And so I think that's huge for parents to feel that empowerment. And one of, the, one of the complaints when we started the voucher school from actually a, someone we know in the public school, she said, you know, but your parents have an advantage just because, just based on the fact that they can apply. Some of the parents don't even know how to apply. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, but we're, we're holding their hand. We're walking them through that because they should know that this is an option. They should know how to apply. There should be resources to help parents see, here, here are your three options. What do you think is best for your student? So there's just a lot of misconceptions about parents in general that, you know, they have to submit to this big system when the truth is, you know, they are the primary educator of their children. So that's the message I always try to get across to our new parents. Like this, this is your school. Lighthouse Christian Schools has dramatically impacted the lives of students and families. So much so that some of the students after graduating have even returned as staff. Started with kids that were older, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and actually three of those original students are back here working for us as employees oh. because they just, they couldn't, shake the you know the how much they felt loved here how the mission that we have they loved it so much that they went off to school and have come back now as employees and I have been keeping track of all these students yeah. and um a hundred percent of all the students that have come you know to lighthouse have graduated from high school uh they're doing good in school they're like there's this one kid that was at is at west and i think he's like the president of the math club I mean, like these kids are excelling. You know, it's not. It, 
we're not part of kind of like the typical story that is told about many of these children. We have this one family, for example, that um, I think there are four kids in the family. Um, and uh, two of the kids, when all they didn't come to Lighthouse, and two of them did. And it's like night and day difference, you know, in the children, in their education. Some couldn't even go to college. They didn't even graduate. They don't, you know, they're not excelling. The other two kids who actually went to Lighthouse, they, and they came and they were behind in their reading. They were behind in, 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 in many as aspects of life and, um, and wonderful family, but now they're getting ahead. They're going to college. They're like working into like starting a business. So you see how you know these kids are excelling. You see how these kids go to other schools with potential, with excitement, um, you know, and they're not just part of kind of like the kids who are being left behind. The results don't lie. According to the state of Wisconsin's own report cards, Lighthouse Christian School significantly exceeds expectations, and they're doing it with significantly less money than their public school counterparts. On average, taxpayers spend between $11,180 and $22,000 to educate a student in a Wisconsin public school. But Lighthouse Christian School and others in Wisconsin School Choice Program only receive $7,530 per student. I think the, our biggest struggle was even knowing where to start financially with expansion. We ended up um, getting a consultant, which, you know, because we just were clueless, I think. And I don't, as an educator, I don't have the first clue about how to fund something, how to finance something, how to, you know, not at all. So um, for schools entering into this, I mean, we don't get as much money as the public school system. So we have to rely on a percentage of, you know, donors and and we have to build this fundraising base. So I, for me, that's like the one thing I just know nothing about. And grant writing seems completely impossible to me. A lot of the um, um, criticism of school choice or schools that you know receive the voucher is that uh, special needs students, for example, that we don't we don't do that. We had like all kinds of special needs students before we even, you know, went into the voucher, you know. So we were already do, going above and beyond without the finances to, to receive everyone. Um, uh, so, so, so that's a misconception. And as actually right now that the uh, re uh, school report, uh, report card came out, uh, our percentage of uh, students with disabilities actually higher than um, the public schools, you know, overall in, in average. So that's one uh, misconception. And, and keep in mind, you know, that the money that we get from um, the voucher, you know, uh, students goes directly to the education of the students. So like, for example, if a public school, they get the money, but then they also get, you know, a referendum or something to build the building. Mm -hmm. If we're gonna build a building, if we have to expand, if we have to build a classroom, there, there's no money for infrastructure. The money that we get is enough just to pay the staff and not even what we would want to, but any infrastructure, anything else that you want to get, a van or a bus for the school has to come from somewhere and it doesn't come, you know, from the state or from the government or from anything. So so funding is, 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 is an issue. Exactly. Imagine if we had the same funding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But again, that's something that even parents don't understand, that they're paying money in to this system and not getting the results back that they should be getting. You know, so even just educating parents on how that works is important too. That's for the kids.
And I think, unfortunately, every person that comes into this building and tours the school, they love what we're doing. They see what's happening. They, they see a different thing. But a lot of people, just because we're a voucher school, you know, that, that stamp is there. A lot of people won't even give us the benefit of the doubt. A lot of people won't even come and take a tour. A lot of people just don't even know what we're doing, but they already assume that we're, we're like the enemy. You know, so, so I wish, you know, there was this more um, just an openness mm -hmm. to come and see what we're doing. Uh, and this is not a political thing. This is not about, you know, Democrats versus Republicans versus, you know, Hispanics and this or that. This is about the children, mm -hmm. you know. So, so I think if we can work together, um, you know, a lot of things could be better in this community. But Madison is Madison. So, <laughs> so being, being a voucher school, we were the first and only voucher school for many years here in Madison. And we were persona non grata. Um, but I think now that we keep growing, the results are getting better and better. I mean, there's fruit. I think a lot more people um, are seeing us with a better eye. Uh, we have been doing a lot of fundraising. Um, and it's, it's interesting, you know, but in, in the past two and a half years, we raised about a million and a half dollars in donations. 100% of it has been anonymous because no one wants to say, hey, here's this business or this individual, this organization supporting the voucher school. A lot of people don't wanna talk about it. They see what we're doing, they love what we're doing, they see the results, but Madison is just so different that they kind of say, <laughs> you know, let's just keep it between us and keep doing what you're doing. So, so I think, um, there was a, a, a recent article in the in the newspaper um, that talked about that. That hey, how come everybody's talking about everything, but no one is talking about Lighthouse Lighthouse Christian School? You know, mm -hmm. um, like if we were not a voucher school, I mean, I think we will have all kinds of awards, all kind of kinds of recognitions, simply because of what we're doing. But the, I think we would. But the, you know, but the, the fact that we're a voucher school, you know, kind of makes people turn a blind eye towards us. School Choice Wisconsin's Jim Bender recently had an editorial published in the Wisconsin State Journal. Don't miss Lighthouse Christian School's stellar report card. It articulately drew attention to Lighthouse's undeniable results, forcing the press to acknowledge the school's incredible success. He wrote the piece after Wisconsin State Journal actually excluded Lighthouse's superior results from an earlier article reviewing Madison area school performances. Another um, uh, false idea is that voucher schools or school like, like us, like Lighthouse Christian School, that we're against public school. We're not. We actually want to work together with public school. We, we, we want to just, we're not against anyone. We're just for the children, regardless of where they are. And, just for example, T and I, um, we, our son goes to a public school, you know, because he goes to high school. So there's no, um, uh, there wasn't an opportunity for a voucher school, you know, where he could go. So, um, so he goes to a public school and we love it. You know, we want public schools to, to get better, to, to be able to serve these communities. Um, but I think um, there needs to be um, a choice. You know, that's why it's called school choice. Yeah, I'd love to get to the place where we are working with the public school to help kids yes. achieve better. Like that's that's my dream that we would use each other as a resource. That you know we're we're real people. Like we're not just a, uh, an organization. <laughs> we're real, real people working with real kids every day, facing the same struggles and issues. And so, it's my hope that someday we'll have that great partnership. Lighthouse Christian School is proof that when there is a need. Parents will speak up and make sensible decisions for their child's education. 
Parents and schools are partners in educating children, and Lighthouse is a shining example of the importance and impact of that partnership. If something is not working for a child, the parent can say, you know what, I'm going to take my child uh, out of this school and, and brought him here. There's a lot of families, uh, if we talk about the Latino community, for example, and actually also the African-American community, uh, faith is very important. And in a lot of the public schools, you know, faith has been taken out. And parents should be able to have a choice of saying where they want their children to, to, to go, what morals, what values to, to have. The proof of the success of school choice programs is found in the numbers, but it's also found in the stories of individual students. You see it in their smiling faces when you walk into their classrooms. You sense their gratitude and their hope. You also see it in the ever patient and determined and caring faces of the teachers who work every day to enable these kids and their families to achieve a better future. Well, we keep, we're growing uh, and we keep growing uh, and we're uh, actually in next week, we're closing on a property adjacent to our building and we're expanding. We're gonna um, have our own middle school separate. So we're gonna add probably another 100, 100 kids. Um, and we're just excited for what, you know, what's happening here at Lighthouse for the children and, and we keep moving forward. There's no stopping us. <laughs> right. I'm Kevin Nicholson, and this is the Right Idea Podcast. I want you to know y yo quiero que sepan that you're the reason I get up every day. Yo quiero que sepan que ustedes son la razón por la cual yo me levanto todos los días. Because I see the wonderful things that God is doing in your life. Porque yo veo las cosas maravillosas que Dios está haciendo en sus vidas. And that blesses me. Y eso me bendice. And it, it drives me to get up every day. Y eso hace, me mueve a que yo me levante cada mañana. And see what God is doing in you. Para ver lo que Dios está haciendo en cada uno de ustedes. I can't wait. Y yo deseo, no puedo esperar para ver. To see what beautiful dreams God will ha have happen in your life. Ver los sueños hermosos que Dios tiene para cada una de sus vidas. <laughs>